0: Hey, it's Melvin, one of your friendly neighborhood podcast hosts. Whether it's your first time tuning in or you're a longtime listener, consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever. Reviews are the lifeblood of the podcast world, so if you want to help us out, it'll take only a moment of your time. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy the show. Hey again, this episode is part one of two, as the original recording length came in at a whopping 3.5 hours. When you're finished with this one, search for part two in your podcast app. Assuming it's out already. You're listening to Cinematic Doctrine. Hey, Patreon normal listeners. Normal? <laughs> Are you normal? I don't know. Um, I like our a- abnormal normal.
1: Patreon supporters. Hey, abnormal. <laughs> if
0: it's Halloween, <laughs> abnormal's good. Hey, abnormal, weird, spooky listeners. Um, you just missed out on 33 minutes of talking about cool Christianity
1: and kind of a. Oh, I had a really, I had a really specific thought on cool Christianity that totally blanked on sharing.
0: Well, hi. Hey, how about this? <laughs> uh, this is a little teaser. <laughs> if you support on Patreon, you get the full thing. Um, $3 a month. It's pretty exciting. You get to choose what movies we review on the podcast, such as this one. Hangman's curse was selected by our Patreon supporters, but Daniel
1: has a layover thought. So let's get that little (laughs) teaser in there. What is it? Here's a specific issue I have with the concept of cool counterculture Christianity, which is particularly when it's marketed to young people and teenagers and like middle schoolers, which is you cannot turn Christianity into a cool thing that they like, because what is cool is constantly changing. And especially as a young person what you think is cool is constantly changing. Yes. And what you've Definitely. done is you've inadvertently connected their faith in God to a particular phase of their life. I, trend. Trend. Mm. I used to be like that when I was a teenager. Yes. And where I realized this really great point is from all places uh, the animated television show King of the Hill uh, where <laughs> there is a great episode where Bobby joins a cool youth group with the youth pastor is dreadlocks and plays guitar and it's pretty good episode of the show but at the end of the episode Hank Hill takes Bobby to the, uh, their garage and he opens up a box of all the things that he used to think were cool. He's got like a Tamagotchi in there. He's action figures and in and this is in King of the Hill. He looks at Bobby and says, I don't want God to end up in this box someday. Aw, oh, cute. That's which whoa. is sweet. Which is a really strong <laughs> theological point wow. from Mr. Mike from Mr. Mike Judge. So. Wow.
2: That's amazing. I want to see that episode now. That is fantastic. There's going to be
0: a a 20-year reboot, and he's going to go to the box, and he's going to find a
1: propane tank in it. He's going to freak out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's like, no, Bobby.
1: (laughs) He won't find a Bible, and that's how you know he was a good father.
0: Mm. Yeah, he was able to die to himself, carry his cross laced in propane. Um, Yeah, that's the good stuff, guys. When you support on Patreon, you get that. Uh, But I guess you get it now because you just (laughs) press play anyway. Uh, But yeah, it's all the good stuff. You'll hear you'll hear all the other benefits uh, for supporting on Patreon throughout the episode. I have them laced uh, throughout. So Um, but you press play because you wanted to hear about Hangman's Curse, a movie you did not know existed. And I don't think anybody knows existed. And Amazon thinks I'm the number one fan because it specifically told me I've bought 3 copies when I went to the page to see how much it was You bought 3 for. copies of this movie? I had to buy it for me. It, it's not streaming anywhere. That's also why I want us to explain the movie. It
1: almost uh, its Did you send a copy to both me and Melanie?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Also, because it's kind of cute. Now you get this movie on your shelf (laughs) to be a little memento. Uh, Although I don't know how long Dan's is going to last. Daniel, do you want to describe the condition that your copy came in? The one that is supposed to be new? This was new? (laughs) Uh, When I purchased it. Okay, pardon. It wasn't new. Although Melanie's was new and did not come with the devotional. Which is weird. Oh, was it shrink wrapped? It was. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yours didn't. You said yours did not come with a devotional, but mine. No, no
2: devotional.
0: Uh, what a spoiler for this! But I have a devotional that came with mine. We'll get into that at in the end of the episode.
1: <laughs> Which is really crazy. Like when you mentioned yes. that, I was like, "Oh, that's kind of funny." But after watching the movie, no, it's just like a very crazy thought. To me. It's
2: very. I'm just really curious yes, what's in it. Just a
1: bunch of tips about spider care. <laughs> <laughs> Um so yeah, stick around stick
0: around the episode to hear that. But um but yours, Daniel, yours condition
1: it was so I think it was listed as like new or lightly used, oh but my God. yours like is new. not. So first off, on the box there's stickers from four different stores that this was purchased at.
0: What? So you have the original brand new, you new have to us
1: a, a sticker from a secondhand store, a sticker from Thrift Books, a sticker from Savers. <laughs> So, <laughs> people are watching this movie and then they're getting rid of it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I like to imagine that all these people bought, watched it and were like, oh, <laughs> time to donate it. Right. But, but that devotion,
0: that devotion was good. I'm going to keep that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's the <laughs> thing. Like, people, people, because I, I used to work at, I've worked at more than one place where people like donate or get rid of stuff. They will donate the movie, but they'll take all of the paper collectible things from the inside. They'll take hmm. the advertisement. They'll take the booklets. They'll take like trading cards that come with I it. I love
0: getting that stuff. Yeah. I actually keep
1: it with my DVD. That's part of why I'm like, I use
0: post-it notes. I did not uh, write in my copy. Cause I just want it preserved. I almost, my, my sister's an archivist. I almost want to send it to her so she can scan <laughs> she it can, and like save it in yeah. the database. <laughs> Cause it's also like, I mean, it's so great to have your embarrassments preserved for all eternity. So I really would would enjoy with this. One yeah, there. we definitely want Hangman's
1: Curse to uh, to withstand the test hang of time, out but a little longer. But... Mike, first off, it arrived. The disc was not in the thing. The disc was just floating around in the case oh, And no. the case, completely cracked in half. It is held together by one of the stickers that from oh, one of the stores no. it was in, which is
2: oh, no. the
1: sticker is taping the cover to the box. So it's just the cover is holding the two halves of the case together. Like I hope I'm painting wow. a good visual picture here. But I'm holding two plastic slabs in my hand.
0: Um uh this episode's gonna be unconventional on the fact that it's organized and it's gonna start with us describing the movie semi in its entirety. And I'll I'll do my best to do that. I did not take notes in that respect, but then after the movie ended I thought that would be really helpful because nobody's seen this movie yet it's not streaming anywhere. In fact on the website when this is posted, typically I say where something's at. I just had to say available on Amazon and that doesn't even necessarily mean it's near you. So whatever. Um, and uh, after that, we have some reviews we found online that Daniel and I found separate of each other. <laughs> I found I
1: found two funny reviews, and then you were like, "This That's is a whole fair. segment." <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> well, I found like four, and I just highlighted the segments I want to read out loud, as long uh, alongside like their dates because like I find that interesting. Then we'll end with the with a devotional, guys, but more or less a <laughs> devotional about a devotional, a criticism of a devotional, because. This goes places. So but without further ado, uh Hangman's Curse is um well I, <laughs> without further ado, I completely forgot. We with the Patreon section we already introduced <laughs> Melanie, our guest, but Melanie, this phantom Some voice.
1: Sharp-eared listeners may notice that there is <laughs> a, phantom a third voice, voice
0: here.
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um hi Melanie, how are you? <laughs> I'm
2: doing really good. How are you?
0: I'm good. How has your experience on the Cinematic Doctrine podcast been so far? You have 40 minutes to review, essentially. How how has it been?
2: No, it's been it's <laughs> been really good. I was uh I was a little nervous just because I've never done this before, but it's really relaxing and I'm just enjoying my time so far. That's
0: that's actually really great to hear. So <laughs>
2: oh,
3: good. It's like
0: whew, okay, good. <laughs> Hey there, it's your friendly neighborhood call to action. Just checking in on you. Hope you're doing all right. I'm just stopping by to say, you know, if you enjoy the show, you can always subscribe and write a review for Cinematic Doctrine. There's iTunes, Podchaser, basically anywhere you listen. You can give us a shout out with a thumbs up, five stars, gripping positivity. Or if you hate the show, you can say that too. Wait, what? What are you saying? Why are you saying that? Well, I'm not going to tell them what to do, Ted. They're free to do what they want. Our analytics say we got a lot of listeners in the U.S. and you know they love their freedoms. And you're also free to check out our Twitter. Very active there. We host polls, memes. There's also the Cinematic Doctrine Facebook group called Cinematic Doctrine Facebook group. If you want to join, just answer the questions, read the rules, and tell them the podcast sent you. Also, you should check out our website. Some really cool stuff there. Editorials, written reviews for movies we haven't had time to cover. Always check out cinematicdoctrine.com when you get the chance. Oh, uh, Ted also told me I shouldn't forget to mention the Patreon. Something about you can support us or something? Wait, Ted, I, I thought this was like a hobby thing. You want me to- expand to... cinematic doctrine. You know Right, this right, right. Yeah, I, I forgot. I'm the one who put all this together. Yeah, Cinematic Doctrine has a Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can gain access to early uncut episodes of the podcast. Oh, and did I mention, you get to tell us what to do. That's right, each month you get to vote on a movie we discuss on the show. Anyways, I gotta run, so I'll see you guys later. Um, yeah, so I guess, okay, so let's cut into this, let's get into *Hangman's Curse. It is uh based on a book by Frank Peretti who has written a ton of very 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 popular Christian culture books. Well,
1: they're 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 Christian horror thriller books. Yes, yeah.
0: And they're apparently like pretty nuts. Like I've I think I remember hearing that like this present darkness has like some insane violence, not in like a bad way. That doesn't bother me.
1: I like, quickly looked through his bibliography today and I've actually read roughly half of all the books he's written. Can you give some insight into the style and then we can kind of
0: use that to pivot into this? Yeah,
1: there's two, there's two main Christian horror authors. You'll hear mentioned Frank Peretti and Ted Decker. Um, They actually co-wrote the book house, which uh, was the basis for the other movie that people could have voted on, on the Patreon. Ted Decker is definitely the more fantasy tinted author. He wrote like the circle series. Uh, Frank Peretti is definitely the more Stephen Kingy of the two of them where all of he often gets labeled the Christian Stephen King. Two very important things to note about him is, one is that he is a former credentialed minister with the Assemblies of God, (deg), which is Pentecostal denomination, and that very much shows through most of his theology. Uh, this present darkness specifically is about spiritual warfare, and it is very much uh, in line with sort of more charismatic Pentecostal beliefs, particularly in its uh uh, proponents of dominion theology, where the idea that different areas and locations specifically can have like spirits and stuff on them, which is something that I have heard just taught as a thing that some people believe. And um I will say that I th- it doesn't necessarily bother me. I, I, I'm not someone who adheres to AAG theology, uh but in the context of horror novels, it actually I don't find it particularly problematic because those that type the entire genre lends itself to more. I would say to be nice, like theatrical kind of spirituality. Yeah, it's like the where, black phone. Uh, I did not see black phone yet. So, well, it's but. just a haunted object, basically. Oh, like, okay. That's basically
0: what the, I mean, i also being kind of a light slasher, but like, yeah, that kind of concept is inherently interesting. That's something I really, really like is haunted <laughs> so, objects. It's um, com-
1: the other thing is Frank Beretti very strongly believes in the concepts of there is a world of evil and there's a world of good. And these things are kind of at war with each other and that, Kate, part of why I think he's caught on with the evangelical audiences so much is that that dichotomy is very popular in broad evangelical circles, where people tend to see the world in a very black and white view, which again, works fine for horror novels. And I will mention right now that I think his book The Visitation, which also is adapted into a film by the director of House. So I'm actually curious to check that out. The main character is played by the guy who is in Archive 81, who's like the guy who runs the company that the kid works for. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. The Visitation is a great novel, and it specifically actually kind of pokes fun at some Pentecostally things. Um, but it, it is about a guy who's like a jaded former Pentecostal pastor who's working in a small town, and a mysterious miracle worker shows up and starts uh, cultivating a following. And it is a book about how chasing... Signs and wonders can lead you down dark paths. It actually makes some, I think, very great points about some of the dangers of hyper charismaticism. Uh, so, Frank Pretty is an author that I am, I would say, go so far as to say I'm a fan of his writing. He also has written multiple series of children's books and stars in multiple videos aimed at yes. children, as he mentioned the special features here.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: so, I was cautiously optimistic about this particular film based on my um, familiarity with his writing. So,
0: yeah, so I guess that's a good setup for the beginning of the movie which borderline has a blade runner opening in the sense that it just sort of tells you
1: like the background oh, of, okay. of our heroes <laughs> right. this movie's it's just a blade runner <laughs> <laughs> That's something i expected to hear? <laughs> yeah
0: it's so like nuanced and detailed and moody it's got a great vibe the sets wow. are great and neon and it's just harrison ford's
1: in it it's <laughs> yeah, just a doctor character <laughs>
0: yeah it's so good um no the movie literally starts with like there's a secret government program that trains people to investigate paranormal situations called the Veritas Pro- Veritas Project, which
1: is very undermentioned and talked about in this movie. I just want to say that is barely yes. a thing in this movie. It drove
3: There's, me insane. It was weird that yeah. it was.
0: It was the opening. Um, tone well so your opening shot is your tone setting right like man we haven't even gotten into the movie yet we're already we are two seconds into the movie (laughs) right we've read three lines (laughs) it's just like um it's already a problem but basically it says like there's this project that do they do things um they investigate stuff but then like the next scene is the opening credits and it's like a i wouldn't say uplifting song but it was like a positive Triumphant sounding song of a character walking through the halls of a schoolway by himself, only to then go to the attic and hang himself, which was really bizarre. And I think I got from both of you, which, um, I, let me say this right off the gate after I mentioned someone hangs himself. This could be a transgressive episode, especially when we get into the devotional, but that's not my fault. That's the devotional's fault. Um, mm-hmm. But like this, we're going to be talking about suicide. It's going to happen. But the jokes we'll have are probably not because (laughs) suicide is funny. It's not. It's because poor depictions of suicide and the lack of tact is funny. So like that, we're laughing at that. And the fact that this movie doesn't open, like it's opening kill is somebody killing themselves. But then it's not like scary. It's not like dreadful. It's more just like. Elevator music for Christian movies—it's
1: really also, weird. Also, we say you say opening kill. Do other characters actually nobody else die dies. in this
2: I, movie? That's, that's why I, I call think it- they're just critical. Yeah, I don't think anyone actually—at least not that I can remember. Well,
0: we do not see. Do we? we do we? not to get ahead of ourselves but do we end up seeing the gym teacher again cuz i think he just no died. the gym teacher
2: did die <laughs> I think he
0: totally right. died oh <laughs> he
2: did i missed yes. that so. no that did happen you are he's right he's just like he definitely... spiders and he lays on the right.
0: floor and then falls over and then i don't think we see him at the end <laughs>
3: no i think <laughs> oh, we okay. after that but
0: that's basically the opening kill right like but 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 i have to call that the opening kill because there's no other setup for threat and that really affects the movie from being scary but i think both of you told me that the music was a little weird did this immediately upset you yeah melanie was that like a frustration
2: yeah like- but i was more just i don't know if i was really i'll be honest i wasn't really paying attention <laughs> too closely to the music in the beginning yeah um i was more just like thinking about like the the color just seemed a little weird weird yeah um just really i don't i'm not good with describing I guess colors in film but it just I didn't—I couldn't tell like if I was supposed to be looking at a flashback or not um, yeah. at first uh, just because it just seems like to be the same color throughout the film so I, there was like no distinction between that and it's like okay well I and I kind of put the pieces together after I saw the rope I was like oh okay this is the, the person <laughs> yeah, that's supposedly yeah, yeah. like going to be haunting these children later on in the movie but yeah it just didn't really like segue very well from like that first explanation of the Veritas Project and then this happening. It was just yeah. really um, odd,
1: just bizarre. Well, the very just to revisit the Veritas Project. First off, if you watch the special features on the DVD, it's very clear that this was supposed to be the first of a series because the poster for the movie above the name title of the movie says like the Veritas Project. So I think they're hoping Wait, to adapt. Okay. what does your second? cover look
0: like? Because my cover doesn't say
1: anything about Veritas Project. So um, I'm saying, like, in the special features of the, oh, yes, yes, of yes, the yes, DVD, yes, yes. you see a that's poster for right. it, oh, okay. and which a it's. P. They talk about the series. He only wrote two books in the series. I don't know if that's why they never adapted further stories. Um, but it's what's weird is it's such a high concept setup for a very simple execution where you could have accomplished this exact same premise by just saying like, we have undercover cops in the school. Yeah. There is no reason for For them to be paranormal investigators. Yeah. It's extremely like over, like it's, it's one of the weird things about the movie. And there's a particular scene later that actually made me realize like, Oh, they made one particular huge mistake here. But yeah, for me, the music one, (laughs) (laughs) one
3: Uh, okay. uh,
1: You'll, uh, you'll know what I mean when we get to it. But um yeah the music was like mixed too loud like there were multiple scenes of dialogue and i was like yeah. messing with my tv settings okay so it, it wasn't just my tv then if you're saying it also had it I, but i noticed it was a little loud too it was like an mtv show
0: where they kind of mm-hmm. like keep the lyrics in for the song that they got because the lyrics tell you about the scene <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> uh, very vampire diaries <laughs> yeah like, like
1: yeah like in most cw shows uh, yeah i was um,
3: wrong um, yeah, but- <laughs> yeah.
1: but (laughs) so good yeah so like it's particularly distracting because like the big rock song the first thing I noticed it's like an audio adrenaline song it's like a Christian rock band so not only is the music too loud but it's like kind of an ill-fitting song because it's not like a cool song like I got a lot of nostalgia for audio adrenaline they got some good tracks but like it just doesn't fit teen horror film which is the vibe they're going for so yeah like it was distracting and i'm already having trouble focusing because it's boring and so now i can't hear what anyone's saying so it's just (laughs) really losing me
0: but that effectively sets up that the tone is going to be a little confusing and that it's not quite going to be as interesting as 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 you think it'll be as a teen horror christian movie anyways um Movie now cuts to a football scene. Uh, some kids are playing football. One of them seems to be a little out of it. I, be, I guess it's the quarterback. I don't watch football, so guys. Sorry, I don't know what anybody's doing. All I know is that the entirety <laughs> of the stands are full. Wait, wait. And as right. the, as we pan wait. across, Mel- the Melvin, stands, Melvin, so, Melvin, well, Melvin. I don't Melvin, watch Melvin, football. Melvin, I think it's the quarterback because he's the one making the calls, right? Are oh, you saying that-
1: quarterback or cornerback?
0: What am I? What do you think I'm saying?
1: I thought you said quarterback, and I was like, and in my head, I'm like, even if you don't watch football, you should. <laughs> Never mind. So, continue, Melvin. I'm sorry. Wait, is a quarter or corner? There's two separate positions. I'm saying quarterback. Quarter. <laughs> this is going nowhere. Please continue. <laughs> I think I'm <laughs> just being serious.
0: I watched a bit of baseball when I was a kid. That was about it. It was the year that the Phillies won, and then I watched the next year, and the Phillies were losing. I said, "Okay,
1: never mind. I'm not doing
3: this anymore." <laughs> wow, fair weather fan over
1: here. Yeah.
2: but anyway, somebody's playing. <laughs> so they're the play football. Football. football is
1: happening.
0: The
2: first football is taking place. <laughs> they kicked
0: the ball. <laughs> Something right. about Pitskin I don't know. I just watched the movie. <laughs> they the first laugh though that this movie got out of me, and it was a it was like a
1: guffaw. I basically. know it's going to be. I know it's going to be.
0: <laughs> it pans across the stands. And then there's just a section of emos. Yes,
2: wearing- yes.
3: <laughs> I <laughs> lost it.
2: I loved that so much. I, I it thought up. it was so great. And she's got like this big black sun hat on. Yeah, yeah. she's got a look. <laughs> and my first thought is, like, I hate why,
0: why. are they out there? It's going really to be really
2: hot. Why did they even why go? Did they attend- <laughs> Yeah. Well, no, they they Uh, wept because I guess they wanted to see if, like, their protector was going to do something. Yeah, Yeah. as we're
0: talking about it, it's clicking. I'm like, okay, maybe. But still,
2: like, you don't know that. The first thing you
0: think is, I was in high school, and I didn't even go to the football games, and I'm not even emo. So, like, why are they
2: here? It was
0: so funny. Yeah,
1: because he just Uh, starts freaking out. You just think he's afraid of goth kids. Because he's just... (laughs) You may not know this, but the easiest way you
0: can show your support for Cinematic Doctrine is to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. So press pause and share your thoughts. We'd love to hear what you have to say. And then press play again so you can hear the rest of the show. And then the first, I think, crime of the film that then continues throughout the film is that they do this crazy contrast glow whenever the paranormal stuff is happening. And you can't really see what's happening other than I suspect it's scary. But I will confess, this is technically the first horror movie I ever watched. My sister got it when I was a kid and watched it. And I watched it with her. And it was the first jump scare to ever get me scared. So that's Hangman's Curse got it, I guess. Um, And for some reason, as a kid, I think these visuals did freak me out. But in my mind, I remembered them not having the weird contrast. Wait, you watched this as a kid? yeah. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. But I didn't watch it because my parents put it on. I they I just watched it cuz my sister got it. I don't actually know the story of how my sister got it. Again, me messing up all this research, and I failed doing my um, primary source investigation. That's a, I did not realize that.
1: So wait, you like? So do you have fond memories of this movie or something? Or
0: I just remember it being kind of scary. I didn't know what fan fiction was, but when I would write in my notebooks of a story about a kid in a school investigating something, I guess I was writing a fan fiction of Hagman's curse. <laughs> <laughs> this got is it. The deep lore. This is what you come here for the Cinematic <laughs> Doctrine podcast. Paranorman last year i told you i talked to ghosts because i was lonely this year i tell you hangman's curse was my first fan fiction
3: oh my um, but yes
0: hangman's curse freaked me out as a kid but i was also like i don't know 2003 i was seven years old so like i guess that makes sense being scary because i've never watched something scary before and the, the mention that there could be ghosts Makes me go, that's creepy. Yeah. I don't know what a ghost is. So,
1: okay. Ghost, like,
0: where? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, not. It's just spiders. Like, oh, right. spoilers. But
1: spoilers. For people to know.
0: Yeah. But like, all that to say is, as an adult, the effect is very frustrating. And I, yes. in one of the special features, you actually see the kid who plays the ghost and they put makeup on him and it looked kind of cool. And I was like, hey, that would have been neat. But you would not even know that this kid's wearing makeup because they just do like the grave encounters ghost more face thing with high contrast and a bloom effect. So you can't see it. But, anyways, this kid's right. freaking out and he falls over and he starts going, it will fry, it will fry and so begins the movie the goth kids get up that's their cue to leave um then we cut to a drug bust daniel do you remember this
1: scene (laughs) i was so confused (laughs) by a scene first
0: what the scene was first
1: (laughs) i wasn't clear if these are like the same characters that i just saw yes it's like some of of the same goth kids or emo kids they seem
0: more gothy than emo to me, but... We we just got introduced to some emo kids, and now we're introduced to some more emo kids that one of them is dancing, but it's music from the movie. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs>
1: is it in his head? I So when they walked through that door, I paused the movie and had to walk away for a second. <laughs> like, I just I, I just couldn't handle it. There, it's, there are three specific... There are three moments where I had to pause the movie. The first was the them in the football stands. Second was when them walking into, like, an empty warehouse... Which, is this the school? Like, I wasn't sure where this was located. Because I was like, why does this school have just a giant abandoned building attached to it? I guess, yes. you know?
2: Yeah, I thought they had infiltrated the school already.
1: Yeah, I thought I was the like, same is this thing. them
2: undercover? Oh, no, it's something else. And when it gets, like, it pans over to, like, the mom in the scene. Like, well, you don't know <laughs> is, she's the mom. But
1: she's visibly but she way just, older than
2: yes, I, yes, I'm like, she <laughs> looks so old. I have no idea who
1: this is, this a who
0: this is
2: supposed to be. I was like, <laughs> if you're undercover, this is a really bad undercover look
1: sorry mel harris sorry it's <laughs> right. the worst 21 jump street attempt like yeah. i've ever seen and I-, I was like well maybe they're trying to say like a teacher at the school is selling drugs right and you get the the writers of this movie they spent de- They spent weeks undercover with cops just to know the drug lingo because they're saying things like i hope you got a lot of drugs or whatever <laughs> like they're saying like the yeah, worst yeah. drug dialog you've ever heard it's yeah. very after-school specially Like, most of this movie yes. felt like an after-school special. That's what a lot um, of yeah. people
0: on IMDb said. Yeah,
1: very after-school yeah. special. Which is not...
3: That's, a good, not a, a, good that's
1: a good description. A 2003, like, supposedly, like, real movie. So there's yes. a... There's, like, a... The goth kids are there, kind of. And then there's a guy buying what he thinks are drugs... And then a guy with an upside down cross on his forehead walks in the room (laughs) with the two goth Evo kids. And then, like, it turns out this is a big drug bust. And it's an extremely confusing scene, um, partially because none of this is important, because this is a setup to introduce this family. And I am sort of like they they do the bust and they all take off their costumes because, yeah, it turns out that's not a student or a teacher. That is the mom of this family. I think the guy at the Upside on Cross is the dad of the family. Yes, it is. Um, the year this movie came out, that actor also appeared in the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie playing Battling yes. Jack Murdoch. Yes. So what a year for this guy's career. Um, he was in a great movie <laughs> and also the Ben Affleck Daredevil. And uh, and I immediately recognized the daughter. And I looked up, she's on Gossip Light, Girl. Light and Meester. Yeah. She's one of the main oh. characters in Gossip Girl. Actually, almost every actor in this movie, except the character turns out to be the main villain. Has an actual career outside of this. Um, Well, good for them. Both the parents and
0: and the Goth girl. The Goth girl also doesn't have anything. And she's the best performer in the movie. The Goth girl, frankly, is really, really good. Performance. Yeah, Douglas Smith, uh, Bye Bye Man (laughs) of (laughs) Fame. Man. Which is a blast of a movie. (laughs) She's
1: a more discerning age when it comes specifically to horror. Yes. Um, and yes. then, so then this is where we, this is one of the only times we really get introduced to the concept of the Veritas project because it turns out they're working with the school to investigate what's happening. And I wasn't clear if they were there to investigate the the ghost thing or if they were there because of drugs. Like, are kids the are school... getting sick? Okay, but kids but are getting sick. the film in
0: the beginning. Well, okay. So the film in the beginning says that they're a paranormal team. Like they investigate paranormal stuff. But then right. our introduction to the Veritas project is a drug bust.
1: Yeah. so I- um, Which has <laughs> right.
0: nothing to do with paranormal stuff.
2: Paranormal activity. Yeah. Right.
0: And then, which, I mean, I don't know. I guess that's interesting if you think that drugs are paranormal. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting worldview.
1: Maybe they do like a lot of side hustles. Right. They do paranormal uh, so stuff. They also so do, do drug I do paranormal busts.
0: stuff pro bono, but I do the stuff for drugs for a buddy. My
1: favorite business card <laughs> I got handed was I was talking to a guy at a store and I mentioned that my friends were looking for a photographer for their wedding. And he hands me his business card and his business card says, photographer slash paranormal investigator.
3: What? <laughs> so Nice. Uh,
1: you know, you can't let you can't let society box you in. You know, so you yeah. take
0: two right. wedding photos, but there's a ghost that just like
1: photo bombs. <laughs> like every time.
0: Uh, oh, that's awesome. Gosh. So maybe it's that kind of thing. Enjoying this episode? Grab that share link and tell your friends. Word of mouth is the most effective way for a podcast to reach new listeners, so don't be shy. Share the episode wherever you can. They, um, but then they end up going to the school, and only like in one or two dialogue scenes. Like I think it's when the kid falls to the f- ground and says "Able fry, able fry." The other f- um, football players, the the pigskin kickers, the ball kickers, the me not knowing what football is. <laughs> the football guys, football they, players they,
2: is safe. Sports ball, <laughs>
0: the sports ball, they players they um are like they mentioned briefly like he's sick or something that's our 12th guy getting sick i don't know how they have a team anymore they should probably quit the league <laughs>
1: yeah they're down um, to like their fourth string players at this point right, right. Like the starting line is gone and then jump ahead
0: we have uh the Faradas project crew
1: um which we didn't mention it but david keith is the
0: dad um So now we've got our family covered in actors, but they end up going to this school. Uh, The principal starts talking to them about what's been going on. Says like five or six students have gotten sick and left and they're not sure why. I don't know why then they have this like (laughs) team of, i don't know i'm not going to try to understand it we need to get through the movie they get settled in and the two right. teens who were goths are now just normal kids light Meester is going to play the um i don't know prep girl and douglas smith's character is going to be the jock or, or the nerd which by the way <laughs> did you guys hear that their names are elijah and elisha
2: yes i That's did i noticed that a little
0: strange <laughs> you
2: didn't know that elijah dad? and elisha yeah and thought those thought are the was... nerd characters no, 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 no. That's the, the kids' the, names. The kids, they're real names. What? They're twins. Which,
1: which one's
0: which? Elisha is Light and Mystery's character, and Elijah is Douglas Smith's character, but in a podcast format that's going to be very confusing, <sighs> just as it is in scripture to remember which one is which. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, guys. Why, why
1: did he go undercover as a nerd? I don't get this. He doesn't, he, they just give him glasses. Like, he doesn't look like the nerd. Yeah. He's visibly like bigger than he's like a foot taller than them
0: he's a foot taller he's bigger and he has good-looking eyes so i don't know why he's a nerd like he wouldn't fit in
1: it also like would be less prominent if he just was a normal student and not in a clique, right like why right. isn't he just right. that's how
0: you know it's written by an adult because <laughs> adults are like clicks or clicks exist i got to oh my the first
1: groups <laughs> the other time i had to pause the movie was the first time we see the nerd characters cuz they're walking down the hallway they look like nerds from the 80s and they're doing math problems on their are, yes, on their yes. hands? It's like a posse. They're like, what they're do gangs. nerds do? They just do math all the time. They can't stop doing math. Like even when they're not in class. Stop,
0: like, I'll die. An able fry will get me. I've oh die. Uh, no. <laughs> It'll be like um, what is it, the haunting, the house on Haunted Hill? When the rope comes up around the woman's shoulder and goes around her neck, do you know that it's like an
1: old like '30s movie?
0: Shirley on knows. I, She's hearing this episode. And she knows. I've exactly only what I'm seen about. the
1: 1999 remake of house on Hill* with Jeffrey Rush. This is
0: the Vincent and Price one. If they stop doing math problems, the rope will just come up around. Oh, no. not
1: <laughs> <laughs> they got to
0: be really careful. That's a good
1: headcanon. Yeah. <laughs> head,
0: yeah. Head cannon. That's what it is. Um, so they all end up going into their groups. Um, they're introduced to a new character. Unfortunately, I need to scroll to it. And they do not have a headshot. So I can't find it on IMDb. I think it's Daniel Farber's character, Norman Bloom. I think is his yes, name he's
1: the he's the other person who doesn't so. really have a career after this
0: he's o- he's the only also the only character in the movie to have lines that sound like a normal person Um, I don't know if you noticed that, but they actually sounded normal to the point that like his third time showing up on screen, me and Catherine go, oh, finally, he's (laughs) back. I can I can relax and stop trying to understand the cryptic dialogue.
1: (laughs) That is the weird thing about the movie's performances where I looked at like I looked at the the cast and I saw that all these people that do other things. And I was like, oh, wow, like there's there's actors in this. And then the yeah, the main performances are from the people where this is like the only thing they ever did. Like everyone else seems like they're on autopilot. Like they kind of realize what kind of movie they're
0: in. Um, But they get introduced to this kid and the kid's going to tell them where to go and like introduce them to places kind of their first friend. Um, Then Douglas Smith, who is one of the lead four characters, doesn't have a line for (laughs) 16 minutes. And he's in a couple scenes, but he just doesn't say anything, which I thought was extremely bizarre. Um, they introduce get introduced to some bullies and the bullies have some very comical stuff, including give me your lunch money, which got a lot. Yeah. Oh my
1: gosh. <laughs> do, do schools still do lunch money? <laughs> I don't
0: know. I think it's probably like Apple pay. No. Or <laughs> um, I know when I, uh, worked at a school in a lunchroom, they used cards. They could swipe a card and just took money off or they typed in a number. They got a, a school number. Um, so, uh, so the kids are getting bullied, whatever, Um, now two of the, um, two of the goths, um, run out of the room to which my wife, uh, goes, I think they only had one tube of black lipstick because they all have the exact same makeup, Mm -hmm. um, which whatever, just interesting set stuff. We noticed at the film, they start talking and pretty quickly they just reveal their hand. The old, the, the male jock, I'm sorry, the male goth is saying like, what are you freaking out about? And the girl just goes, I can't take it anymore. What are we waiting for? I can't do this anymore. And then the male jock says, you need to trust in Abel Fry. He will get them. He will make them sick. We have the power. We're flipping the script. And my wife goes, oh, it's just a bad script. ba She should have been on this episode, <laughs> too. She's got some great singers for this diva, too. Um, she's, she's great. Uh, anyways, moving on. Um, they move out. Uh, we then hard cut to a scene that's just mid-conversation of Light and Meester going, but why not prayer in school? And that I don't know. frustrated me what? so much
3: because
2: it just came yeah. out of nowhere. It just seemed <laughs> like it's not relevant to us. We movie. have to do a Christian plug of some kind. Yes, let's have this unimportant argument, not not anything to do with the story. Yes. Argument about yeah. whether prayer is okay in school or not. And then, of course, they needed some kind of like social interaction for her and this other character to have like googly eyes at each other yeah. yeah which i also thought was pretty funny i was
1: hoping the teacher would be like i only pray to abel fry or whatever <laughs> like so it was like t- <laughs> yeah, tie. something that fun. Was tied to the plot somehow this conversation right. never comes back in any way it could
0: have been no fun.
2: it's completely <laughs> random
0: it fails on the script writing 101 level of, if you need to explain your plot and your characters are set in a high school just have the literature t- teacher talk about a book that's kind of related to your story so they do do it in halloween they do it yeah. in nightmare on elm street they do it in all the horror movies they don't do it here so just it doesn't have even the 101 stuff even like a good horror movie i'm sorry a bad horror movie if it has interesting kills kind of fun paranormal stuff then it's fun but we don't have anything like that
1: Ooh, they should have had uh they should have had the biology teacher talking about like venom or something.
0: Yeah, why not? Right? Oh, but I bet I could pray the venom out. No, you can't. It's
1: God- <laughs> God's it's not, too God. Late. no real, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's oh something my gosh. stupid.
0: But like that kind of thing just isn't happening. But then they do the really frustrating thing where it's sort of like you could hear somebody in a youth group cheering because then the bell rings and the teacher can't say his frankly reasonable response um but then like a kid in the classroom obviously we want to take the advice of a teenage boy who says yeah but if you think uh the uh the law exists then you have a comprehension of judicial law so therefore you and it's just like shut up move on this isn't about the movie we need to <laughs> right. get out of here and nothing scary has happened in 30 minutes i need something <laughs> scary to happen it's a horror movie right and so we keep on going i think at this point we visited the trailer which is where they live which is kind of the only other excuse for like oh because they're like the veritas project they move around but i would have assumed they'd have enough money to like we'll buy you a house to like stay in or rent or rent you a house whatever they're in a trailer
2: because they're also doing all their lab experiments in the trailer yeah
0: it's really bizarre i also
2: thought was like really bizarre i'm like isn't like all your stuff gonna be like contaminated because
0: drive you're just... one time <laughs> <laughs> and like everything has been destroyed.
2: Everything is just yeah.
0: And then one character takes out a Tamagotchi and says, All the stuff that's scary happens at night. We need to put this thing in the wall. Uh which actually means I missed the scene. Uh Lightning Easter's <laughs> character is now being introduced to the girls. The girls say, Have you they just they do the exposition dump with some riveting acting from one of the friends where the character just explains? Yes that Abel Fry used to go to the school. Um, he was bullied
2: it's my favorite scene. I think out of the whole
0: movie, it, ha- it definitely <laughs> has basically a punchline, uh, which I'll make clear in a second. But like she explains that Abel Fry used to go to the school was bullied may or may not have killed somebody else, which that doesn't get brought up anymore. That's like, right. I think, I think one other scene, somebody brings it up, but it's essentially the equivalent of the, I have breast cancer from the room. <laughs> it's very bizarre. Well,
1: it's, it's not just bizarre because it doesn't come up, but it, it's a, like an important bit of the lore. Like usually in a story, in a movie like this, one of the things that I always love is hearing the legend, like hearing yeah. the yeah. urban the legend, legend, is fun, um, right? And that doesn't really happen in this movie, and it, no. it's partially why I had trouble even following, like what I'm even supposed to be invested in, because they the things they con- uh, consistently choose to focus on are so odd. Like it, yes. it just i don't know it's like i don't think they realize they're making like a ghost story horror film or i never i did not read these because these were these were children's books from frank Peretti, so i never read them so i don't know if the issue is with the source material or with the decisions made by the people making the film but like they don't they seem to not want to make a scary movie right hey there listener
0: want to influence the podcast Head on over to Patreon.com forward slash Cinematic Doctrine and support the show for $3 a month. In doing so, you'll be able to vote on a movie poll that picks a film we discuss each month. So jump on over there and have your voice heard. Despite this, they're totally fine with depictions of hanging and suicide, because then the character goes, see, I drew a picture, and it's just a picture of April (laughs) (laughs) and it's just, Okay. favorite part
1: it's so funny
0: it's just like,
2: like why do you have that with you
1: it's
0: really just bizarre
2: to show people
1: that's a practice story because you got the visual aid so they're ready to right. tell the <laughs> yeah
0: if, in case you didn't know what
1: suicide looked like <laughs> let me show you what
0: suicide looks like oh so <laughs> several years before 13 <laughs> reasons why <laughs> several years the hangman's curse is killing yeah, if a you want
1: to know the modern know the source you know know the inspiration
0: then the um the, she mentions that they died in the, the- the abandoned wing, the forbidden wing. Uh, the forbidden it's like Harry wing. Potter or something. Yeah, and um, the girls just Light mysteries, like, "Let's go to the forbidden wing." What? I don't why, get why? this school at all.
3: <laughs> no. like, okay, no, why? It's, it's it very
0: bizarre. It. Anyways, they go to the forbidden wing. She breaks in. She goes. They, she goes in far. They're like, "What? Where are you going? How will we know if you're injured?" And she's just like, "You'll know." And it's like, "What?" <laughs> but if you just get grabbed and gagged, no, no, they won't. <laughs> like, anyways, it's not that kind of movie. She gets jump scared by a mask that's just there, but then like later on, it's not actually a person. It really was just like a scare a scarecrow. I don't know. Um they go to there the trailer. Are
1: very few like scares of any kind in this movie, and the handful that yeah. you have are so bad. Yes, uh, they're very bad.
0: Um they end up going to the trailer. The kids say, We want to go to the school because we wanna we've We've heard, and this is the first time as an audience we hear this, but they say the rumor is that when the kids are doing their performances at night, um, I just remembered what they're performing and how tasteless it is. Anyways, we'll get there. It it made me and my wife freak out. We were just like, this is ridiculous. But when the kids are performing, they end up hearing something at night. It's almost like maybe the echo of their performance. Regardless, the kids want to go in in spy suits when they could just go in normal clothing because their performance is being practiced, so it would be fine. <laughs> you would just be like, oh, it's an extracurricular thing. So they go in spy suits uh, in cahoots, and they end up putting the um, little Tamagotchi recorder device in the wall, whatever they end up leaving. Um, I'm a little foggy on what happens next. I think they end up finding one of the goth kids just outside. The goth kid disappears and zooms off into space and freaks them out, but whatever. Melanie, what happens yeah. here? Yeah, do you do you know what happens? I can't remember.
2: Uh, okay. Yeah, what you remember is what I remember. Like they're investigating, they're arguing about something, and then there's like this goth kid like on top of something. It's like it's like Spider Man. What are you guys doing? Or like, <laughs> yeah. what are you guys doing here? It's just like really weird. And then he's just gone, and that's it.
1: Does he come back in the movie?
2: Yes, yes. It's the oh, lead yeah. Goth he, kid. It's the it's the lead goth kid. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that was randomly there,
1: played
0: by Jake Richardson. Uh, I just found out by scrolling on IMDb.
1: One review in Rod Tomatoes just said, OMG, Jake Richardson's so hot. So I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if that was him. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: just himself.
1: <laughs> it was only four stars, too. So it was, it was, they admitted the film was not perfect.
0: <laughs> well, what's funny is he's not entirely a lead character, but if you go on the back of the box, he's the one in the center with the biggest profile
1: yeah i, I don't know why
0: and he's actually on the back of the box Was twice. He like a
1: big into 20, 2003 or something he's got a
0: lead profile photo in the beginning in the in the beginning in the middle of the uh cover and then on one of the snapshots he's like down on the bottom but then they have a snapshot of douglas smith in emo clothes and he's got the eyes for it but it's only from the scene when they do the drug bust so i don't know what that's right. about. right And Light and Meester was like pulling her around like a, pulling him around like a leash out of that. We got, that scene is very upsetting. Um, I don't understand. Um, I think at this point now we end up going to the parents and what the parents are doing, which the mom really doesn't do anything. Like, I don't know what she was hired to do at the school. I think she's just kind of there because David Keith's character is a janitor.
2: She was supposed to be a guidance counselor, but you don't actually see her doing any counseling. I need the extended director's <laughs> counsel right now. <laughs> it's like she's, she does all like – she says she's going undercover as like a guidance counselor, I think. And then you never see her do it. You just see her in the trailer doing her lab <laughs> testing experiments
0: interestingly with the devotion that could have been interesting having scenes with um, counseling just to understand how they perceive counseling to function
1: in the in the fiction of the world that'd be the most useful undercover gig right because you can directly talk to students you can get intel you can like Make the people that you're suspicious of have to talk to you under the guise that you're their guidance counselor. Very, this Veritas project seems kind of like a slapdash operation, if you ask me. I don't, they don't seem to be doing their job very well. Multiple kids like almost die while they're there. We
0: we move on, and the dad is just sort of investigating some lockers of the kids who have gotten sick. He ends up finding a straw that is plugged at both ends, and they're they have a dog, by the way, um, who has a name. I, we, it was in the credits. I didn't catch it. I forgot. Catherine noticed it, but it's it's a cute dog name, as all dogs are. Dogs are innocent um although in terms of dogs and movies that are good actors this one's not so not so great it just does a paw trick whatever the best one is still probably in the thing <laughs> it's a very strange tangent <laughs> <But continue.
3: laughs> there was another
0: movie that i just watched i that had a good dog in it i can't remember what it was most dogs are good bruisers another good one from legally blonde i think that's a pretty good one um anyways um <laughs> So now the dad has been investigating these lockers. The dog barked at like a fifty dollar bill. I don't know why this kid had a fifty dollar bill in his locker. Why is which... it not a
1: hundred? Fifty is such an
0: odd. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember. I think they end up going back to the. Uh, which, by the way, we're at like forty minutes into the movies. Not, not a lot has happened in the in our description, but like not a lot. Happened this in the movie. movie's
1: pace is a nightmare. Like now's yeah. the best time I need to mention it so little happens for so long it is dying for people to be dying
0: like i know that that's like sad it's dying like, for anything to but happen. like fiction needs that right like especially horror fiction there's no like there's no creative kills they're like we literally have a scene well you know let's just skip ahead all right uh i think it's like in the middle of the movie uh a character is getting sick one of the bullies is getting sick but in a workshop and like that's prime for like he trips and falls or like like they do this in Nets Declassified where the teacher in, the, in Chop Shop keeps injuring his finger or like his hand gets cut off. But he just has it again in the next episode. Like they don't they don't do anything. I,
1: I, I will contend like I get that this is supposed to be for family. Allegedly, youth group audiences based on the fact that there's like a study guide thing that goes with it. And you don't you don't have to do like a movie where people constantly get killed in like Final Destination-y kind of ways.
3: Right. However,
1: Haunted School is a very easy like, setting to do consistent like spooks and scares and that sort of thing. Part
0: of what makes Prom yeah. Night so fun is that it's just an empty school where you can hear the disco of the dance going on. And even though you're, so, you're close enough to hear that there's people that can save you, the, the maze that is school is so convoluted and frightening and and big that if a killer is coming after you it's terrifying and like you can kind of do that with a ghost story in hangman's curse because it's so populated but you're like the only person who can
1: see this ghost so that like is freaky well given that it's like a weird i don't know if this is supposed to be a private school or not but like you could do a lot with that but also like i i shudder to think of what i'm inviting by talking about this but like If you want to go with a more after-school angle, because later, um, the girl from Gossip Girl, she starts having kind of like a romance with one of the football players. Um, You could do more of like, like, oh, teens and the high school hierarchies, the really scary. You could do more drama-y kind of thing, but they don't do anything. Like, nothing happens. There's no drama. There's no issues. There's no will we be found out as we well, cover <laughs> is, is are the teens getting too caught up in the high school lifestyle to focus on the mission you're
0: actually making me make a note on one of the devotional things that i'll bring up
1: oh, okay it, yeah was there another version of this story where like there's more things like interesting things happen um while like the specter in the background is pulling strings and forcing them to confront difficult situations um I don't know where this happens in the movie, but like there is the conversation where they talk to her about the fact that she's getting too caught up in dating the guy. Are we?
2: This is,
0: is that yeah. yeah. This is about okay. this
1: point. Yeah,
2: yeah. I was I was just gonna say they kind of do like touch on it a little bit, but I don't think it's ever really resolved in any way. No, so it's, it's not really part of. It's not really part of the story. It's kind of just like a passing thing that's just there and then it's gone and then it doesn't matter anymore
1: this is the thing that drove me completely insane because i'm half paying attention to this movie i'm sitting there and i just get woken from my 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 medication induced stupor because i'm like wait a minute this should have been a tv show right like yeah it could have been a tv show this is a traveling family of christian paranormal investigators who have to consistently go undercover in different situations and lead double lives and they can pull the scooby-doo where it ends up just being a greedy capitalist
0: every time or
3: something
1: yeah (laughs) it's just it's an angry bully with a bunch of spiders spoilers yeah there you go and or whatever you know and the kids talk about like we've never had we don't have friends we don't have a life i'm like oh my gosh this is interesting this is an interesting bit of drama this is a difficult family dynamic the parents like do the kids want to do this did the parents force their kids into it and i like that the kids
0: too are the kids seem to have a dynamic that they agree on like i like that this is um a a story where the kids actually like each other and want to work together like they have a conversation that i skipped over because it's not relevant at all (laughs) but they're basically just talking about what how their life at school is and like they kind of want to work together to do things and like that's interesting but then yeah like essentially that drama is dissipated by the film just sort of being like well, we'll get into it. Uh, I guess got it. we've already spoiled the spiders, so I won't spoil the devotional. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. We have some Patreon goals we're trying to reach. If we get enough support, we'll review each God's Not Dead movie, as well as The Inhumans, that really bad Marvel show from a couple years ago. Head over to patreon.com forward
1: slash cinematic doctrine and share your support. This, yeah, this would be like... Like I feel like like the Conjuring films actually hit a good balance, where you get a lot of the Warrens family drama, but yeah. you also get the ghost stories. Yeah. I get that they don't have a ton of material to work with as far as, like, he only wrote two books. But the interesting aspect of this movie is not a bunch of kids I don't care about keep getting sick. It's, wait, what's Project Veritas? Why is yes, his family yes. involved? What is yes. this stuff? How does his family work? why are their teenage why their teenage kids look like they're old people but like how do they feel about this like why yeah like obviously like the brother and sister are best friends because they're their only friends do they have friends outside of this it's hinted at the end the ending makes no sense with that context because it's like well what happens now but like yeah yes they they drop this like nugget of a very interesting like issue this tension there and then it's never talked about ever again and yeah. it's so strange, and it's it it blew my mind, and then it just moves on, and I went back to being kind of half awake. So, um, <laughs> yeah, okay. what happens next? Yeah. What does happen next? That's a good question. I was about to try and give like a weird like mixture of your names, and realize I'd just be Melvin or Melanie. So, uh,
0: anyway, <laughs> right. Mel, what happens Close next? Enough. Mel. Uh, um,
3: so okay, so the
0: the the jock ends up um, getting sick. The the bully jock, um, the one that Light and Meester is dating, or wants to date or is interested in is starting to become less of a bully and kind of nicer. Although he is a little passive at one point, light and Meister ends up running back into Norman and Norman, um, is trying to get, uh, or no light is trying to get some Coke, but it can't work. Uh, Norman ends up helping her out by giving her a dollar. Um, she gets, actually, she doesn't get Coke. Um, she ends up seeing, uh, Crystal, that's her name, the goth girl is crying. So you can just assume she probably was getting bullied again and she very lightminister very aggressively is like, Oh, are you okay? Take my coat, take it and she actually take kind it. of pushes her into the locker yeah it, i don't know like
2: so forceful
0: this is where being a director it's important to look at your dailies and go Mm-mm, that's not good <laughs> like she just bullied her into taking a sweater um so crystal ends up using the sweater um reaches into the pocket to take a dollar out which i guess she gave her the sweater she literally says you can keep it so i guess that includes whatever's in the pockets i guess um so she uses the dollar bill to get a coke whatever plot moves on um, and in that sense, like that i let me say this, I like that scene because it sets up something that you didn 't know it was setting up. What you think the scene is is just the resolution of her emotions kind of stabilizing and actually being comforted by the fact that someone was nice to her with the jacket and the added bonus of a dollar. so in that way, like even bad movies have good scenes cool let 's move on to more bad stuff. um This is when we introduce what the play is that they are performing. Melanie, do you remember? What the play is.
2: It was like, I don't remember the name of the play either. I just remember seeing a remember bunch of people either. like dressed in like black clothing, like running around and on the stage.
0: It's like something titled The Curse of the Hanging Man. <laughs> <laughs> I was and like, this is this <laughs> like... Yeah, Dan. Yeah, Dan. Yeah, Dan. Yeah. Oh,
1: geez. I didn't realize... Oh my gosh. <laughs> at,
3: <laughs>
2: at first I thought they were like telling the folklore of like what happened at their school. And I'm like, this is grossly inappropriate. And, I was like, and it's f- only 10 like it's only 10
0: years later. Like this happened 10 years yeah. ago.
2: That was the other thing I noticed. It 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 didn't seem like a lot of time had passed. And I didn't know because I'm not like a huge horror film like type of person. So I'm not sure how long folklore. Like the distance like between like, yeah, like when it's like this happened this long ago and like how common it might be.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think like it'd be like if um, like if someone died. Columbine a... had like a play 10 years later. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to vote Columbine. But yeah, I was, it'd be like if 10 years after that, they had a play about, I don't know, a school shooting. Like I'm trying to think The bullets
0: of... that make us.
2: That's
1: yeah. <laughs> right. It's, something really it's bad. just
2: like it's it was no matter what the call. Context... It'd be like if
1: they did bowling for Columbine at, at Columbine. Like, if they just did a play version of that for some reason. Yeah. They
2: didn't,
0: they didn't even put the Slenderman movie in theaters around, like, Wisconsin, where, like, the two girls ended up killing or, – or, I think – did they kill her? Right. The girl survived,
1: actually. The girl survived. She
0: survived. Okay. When they attacked her, yeah. they said it was because of Slenderman. They didn't even screen the movie there. It was, like, almost impossible for you to see the film in that state. So, like, what the heck, Frank Ferretti? <laughs>
3: like, I know. I,
1: I, again, I haven't read the books. So I don't know if it's in there. But, like – Um, it'd be one thing too, if like it was used in a utilitarian way though, like the play informed the audience about something, like if we learned something about the curse or if we got some very important information out of it, but like, I, I didn't didn't even click for me. That's what the play was even about. I thought it was odd. They're all dressed in black. Like I thought that was a weird thing for this particular school. You
0: weren't confused why a noose was on stage.
1: (laughs) Well, like I just thought like, I thought there was a play that utilize a noose and it just happened to be because i'm trying to remember there was some other movie i watched that like there was a play with a noose that someone hung themselves on but they still went through with the play later or something like so i just thought they were doing a play that happened to have a noose in it and that, that they happened to have a similarish play 10 years ago and that's where the student got the noose i didn't realize like it was something that was so close to this
0: well and again this is the problem with the mythology of the movie because like you could by setting this by making it more than 10 years ago uh which this affects like the reveal at the end but by making it more than 10 years ago you can have your abandoned wing be like the old school and like the school yeah. we're in is like the extensions and so the old school you know it's being debilitated nobody goes there it's also more interesting to explore like a creepy old school like right you find yeah. the old props
1: and like the dusty old yeah you know.
0: It was already creepy enough that like this school looks old like schools now in movies and shows are much more modern even the school i worked at yeah. like, is is old but was pretty modern but like this one has like it's like tile for walls <laughs> so it's like it's really like this is old they had they had grout Very. between the tiles on the walls, so it's like it's just weird um but in this scene uh where they are performing uh, a rehearsal for some reason the whole school is in the <laughs> it's, rehearsal. it's
1: it, the, the 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 theater group also gets a pep rally
0: just
2: watching like nobody has to go to class yeah, <laughs> yeah i don't know what that was about yeah all
1: for this school, it's a cool school where they all skip class to go watch plays right all of the emos go to the football games
2: instead <laughs> of just leaving all of the
0: football <laughs> players go to the plays yeah
1: well, it's very it's a very <laughs> right. supportive school you don't get that from the one bully who's bullying everyone apparently <laughs> but it takes everyone's right. Yeah, but everyone else is very supportive of each other's hobbies, you know?
0: Yeah. Let's uh, keep moving on because in this scene, a pivotal moment happens in which the goth kids are sitting in one area. I think it's Douglas Smith, the nerd, ends up sitting next to the goth kids and then the goth kids comically all stand up and move over. And <laughs>
1: just, Man, <laughs> not <laughs> even cool enough for the
3: outcast
2: <laughs> kids. Right. Even
0: though my wife goes, wait a minute, and points, that one kid was a nerd. Now he's a goth. Oh, really? I oh yeah i noticed extras. that yeah. yes uh, he's
2: like gone to the other side because yeah. he a protection or something there's i want to know that plot you want to able fry to protect him too
1: there is your movie
2: yeah what what there you story?
3: go
1: <laughs> he was a nerd who read like the crow and played like weird <laughs> fantasy games it turns out they have a lot Somebody of actually overlapping in like yeah. interests like talk about frank frazetta paintings and and listening to The Cure, which he found on the Crow soundtrack. Oh,
0: it's so great. Um, which, by the way, there's that other painting they end up seeing uh, earlier, where they're walking throughout the school, and, and it's in the middle of the night, and they have a flashlight, and they do a fake jump scare where a demon's on the wall, but it's actually just this painting, and Light Meester characters goes like, this is what I think Crystal feels like all the time. And it's, like <laughs> a school, it's a school-hung painting of demons eating a person. And it's not graphic, but I don't think a school would hang
2: that up. Yeah, what department no. is that? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of things that wouldn't actually happen in a school. That It's just, a lot of it is pretty ridiculous. And it's I was going to make that one comment about the the play is just like, I don't even know if that would be approved at
3: a school. Yeah, <laughs> yes. For a
2: lot of reasons, it's like too many to count. But it's just, yeah, a lot of it is definitely not what an actual school would be like. I mean, even Sydney Prescott
0: was freaking out on stage in college on Scream 2. So I don't know how we're going to have... This happened in a high
1: school. Also, like it's a school that's allowing, a, like the the weird thing is that the paranormal investigators are invited by the school with a led. I guess the full knowledge of multiple people working there because there's that one like cop security guard that like knows yes. that, what they're doing. Yeah, so, like the yeah, school, while also refusing to shut the school down despite like the like, and I get like oh, like half the parents. She says like half the parents want their kids to graduate, which like you could go on like a two week vacation. right Right. like you could just invite the investigators come in like you know bless the premises or whatever like it's just a very oddly run school which i know it's oddly run so the plot can happen but there's so many odd decisions as far as like the administrator i I know i'm getting old because i'm thinking about these things i'm just like would they have to like alert parents that this is happening when they send home like notices like just so you kids know there's gonna they're be they're going some through their
0: lockers 21 probably, jump street like,
1: things i don't know it's weird. yeah
0: i just wish the movie also had more flair like if it was like conjuring where like they take out crucifixes
1: and scan lockers and, and not like, just like <laughs> silly stuff like that not like the like the very quickly done doodles of vaguely scary things and some of the kids yeah, lockers they don't,
0: they don't do hollywood christianity which is more entertaining to watch than like whatever this for form is but in this scene during the play um our character crystal she ends up starting to have like a panic attack and then oh no it turns out she's getting the visions and the bloom effect turns on in the contrast and she looks on the stage and there's Abel fry hanging from the noose that is also on the stage for some reason <laughs> i mean do like I, I don't know. Does this family still live in the town? Where's like the news? She does. Saying, they, like, they
1: talk to her, right?
0: I know. So like, yeah, that's, they do, yeah. what's going on? So she starts fo- falling to the floor. She has a good performance um, and freaking out. And then I guess this is when they decide, all right, we're shutting down the school. We're going to collect everybody into the auditorium where the play is taking place. Hey, don't forget. There's a lot of fun content missing from this episode because you're not listening on Patreon. Head over to patreon.com forward slash cinematic doctrine and support for $3 a month to gain access to uncut episodes with upwards of 40 minutes of bonus content each. You'll thank me later. During this scene, for some reason, Douglas Smith is walking around, sneaking around the um, the, the stage, and he starts hearing somebody mumbling, and it's Jake Richardson, the, the elder goth. And he is standing on the stage. The curtains are down and he finds out that he's not just on the stage. He's standing where the noose is. The first thought Catherine and I said was, why would they build an operable noose? on stage of a school <laughs> yeah it's, it's a ridiculous. real noose
1: <laughs> well, it's, it's completely bad.
0: ridiculous and douglas smith takes the hard route and tries to climb up the gallop instead of just going to the stairs um to try and say don't do it he's, don't do o- it. he's
1: overcome with emotion he's not thinking straight
0: <laughs> he's like you have so much to live for and the guy says "Abel fry if i i he won't he took my girlfriend. He didn't go for the one I wanted to. I want to talk to him. If I can go to him implying and, and kill himself, <laughs> yeah, then maybe it's... I can speak with him. And Douglas Smith is like, the spirit. You're not listening to the right spirit. The right spirit. It's very bizarre. Yeah, yes.
1: I like these framing. His issue is like, he needs to talk to management <laughs> like, and smooth over <laughs> this
2: like, clear
1: yeah. issue of, of communication it's about what he Did wanted. Did you
2: guys also notice his face had like all these little Yes, yeah. on it. When has, did, like, um, yes,
1: when did he do that?
2: I was like, I don't know. Right? Quickly
1: <laughs> like, after she he freaked came out, with out, this plan
2: right. very quickly. <laughs> like there was almost no processing. He's like, "Oh, this is what I'm gonna do," and he just like instantly goes <laughs> time,
1: into time to put on my. Like time to use a noose right. paint on my face. He's like, I saw right. David
0: Keith with the upside down cross on his head, and I thought <laughs> that was really cool. I <laughs> right before yeah. he pointed a shotgun at a child for a brief, <laughs> yeah,
1: one handed too. uh for a brief crazy. second, I thought they were doing a thing where, like, once you become possessed, you start manifesting like symbols on your body or something. For like brief second, then I, then I realized that that's not a lore that was established earlier. Or maybe it is. I don't know. I know all the cool stuff that could have been there, like neat set stuff, but.
0: But for some reason, the curtains then are lifted. <laughs>
3: just, yes! I, don't know
0: I thought
1: it. this was a dream sequence. I swear. I was like, oh no, he's hallucinating. <laughs>
3: it's
0: <was> so bizarre. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's an MTV music video that makes suicide look cool. Yeah. So oh my gosh. It's really terrible. So it's, it's just like,
1: like just, a cut version of Last Resort by Papa Roach.
3: I, yeah. You know?
0: <laughs> like, so no. yeah, the curtains rise and everyone in the crowd stands up. And Catherine and I couldn't figure out if they were saying do a backflip or like, like the equivalent of like seeing someone standing on a building. Yeah.
1: Why do they, st- I thought they think it was part of the play.
0: It, it's, it is literally when we criticize Halloween ends is like, why is Haddonfield just not responding to the fact that they caused a man to commit suicide after this scene takes place, nothing happens. And I'm going to describe it to you where he's on the stage. He's got the noose around his neck. He hasn't jumped off everyone in the crowd, the entire school body, maybe not the t- parents or, or and teachers. I don't know, but, Everyone seems to be saying, do it. And then the entire Veritas project runs up as if to be like Tommy was so going, Are you okay, Denny? (laughs) And just like tries to help this kid off of the deuce. It's really, really bizarre. That was my question. But all while this is happening, a new metal song is playing and it just does these jump cuts and fades. And it's like a Star Wars transition scene. It's so weird.
2: I was going to say, Where are the teachers? Where was the faculty? (laughs) Where are the real guidance (laughs) counselors? Because cause as a teacher, like, I am not allowed to leave my students for any reason. So, <laughs> yes. like, even if I have to go to the bathroom, I have to ask one of the, the aides that we have in the hallway or just maybe another teacher that might be on a break and just like, hey, can you watch them for 30 seconds? So it's just like... <laughs> The fact that there's
3: no yeah. faculty,
2: but all the students <laughs> yes. are in there yes. makes absolutely no sense. And even if the faculty were in there and maybe we just didn't notice them, they're just standing there. Like nobody rushes to do anything yeah, what the a child is literally about to jump. <laughs> yeah. You, it's just where's like, where's what the is drama happening? teacher?
1: Where's the where are the staff? Where's right. the stage hands? How did he get on stage? Where's the
2: counselor who is part right. of the Veritas project? <laughs> right. The guidance counselor. Why didn't she intervene and try to like talk to talk this? Because in the earlier in the movie, I think they that was something that just came to me earlier in the film after that scene where the two get into like the two kids, Elijah and Elisha get like in their spy suits spy and gear, then their yeah. spy gear. And then there's like the the creep, the creepy like goth kid that sees mm-hmm. them and then he leaves. They talk to him as though they like suspect that it's him yes. doing all of this. But then in other parts of the movie, it's like they're still trying to figure out who did it. And I'm just like, didn't you guys suspect him? Are and you why not didn't you investigating tell your more of this? Why didn't yeah. you tell your parents? She could have been the guidance counselor, like trying to talk to him and, you know, question him and figure out like what might be going on. And just none of that happened. So I feel like that too, it's, it's like they couldn't decide like how they wanted that to work out. Yeah,
1: maybe it's a... Maybe it's a hippie new age school where they don't believe in teachers, you know. Yeah, just let the kids run free. <laughs> maybe, it's where maybe goes to an arrest. Just let them make
2: their own choices. Clearly,
1: it's working out so far. But uh, right, yeah, yeah. I, I that didn't even click for me. Like, there's, there's no, there's not a lot of the only adult intervention we get is the scenes in the principal's office where that's like the only time we see the security guards. I don't know if he just lives in there. Um, and the the two parents from the Veritas Project. Was
2: he a security guard or was he like an actual police officer?
1: I, I only see him at the school I don't know. I have no idea. He's just like a cop, but I
2: thought he was a police officer because I think in the beginning he was just like, I don't need help. Oh, like, we can figure this yes, out on our own. Because So I'm like,
1: you then are why correct. Are they there? You are correct because <laughs> they're talking about how like she's like they come very highly recommended for multiple police precincts. He's like, not my precinct. Yeah. Yes. Right. So, so I'm just like
2: corrected. that's that's a weird that's a weird dynamic for sure. So I
0: guess is the Veritas Project publicly known? Like, can they I fly to, be. to work there? Like like, every, like,
2: yeah. I thought they were like a secret project.
0: They're
1: or- secret, but they're known by every cop military agent (laughs) teacher and principal in the country
0: (laughs) and if there's one thing i know about cops is they love telegram and talking about things all of the time so i'm pretty sure this veritas project has been completely disbanded (laughs) well one one one
1: principal at a pca meeting is gonna spill the beans (laughs) it's just gonna be everywhere yeah uh so uh
0: something i neglected to mention and it doesn't really matter although i guess if you want to know lore of melvin benson it's the jump scare scene but earlier light and mystery's character is exploring a like like i don't know like the sewers of the school and finds like a witch's um like burrow yeah.
3: and that's where the
0: jump scare happens that got me as a kid but as an adult i was like well that's pretty lame it was just he just opened his eyes <laughs> which i think freaked me oh, out as a kid i know what
2: you mean because yeah. i was just
0: like how could how could somebody opening their eyes be so scary and like that to me is like cute to think about but yeah. um, that you know they set up that like okay there's this weird like cult witch thing going on where they hang a Barbie doll uh, right so this event happens the kids almost try to kill the kid almost tries to kill himself and then he doesn't and then I don't think we really see him for the rest of the movie until the ending want to keep up with various cinematic doctrine news check out our twitter at cine that's c-i-n-e doctrine Link in the show notes. Oh, we haven't even mentioned Frank Peretti's character. Yeah, Frank
1: Peretti is a character in this movie. Like, I thought he would just be like a Stephen King cameo, but... He's just a character.
2: Was he the guy that was, like, really quirky? Yes. Yes. And, like, coming up with all the... Not, theories
1: okay. and he's a guy that solves the entire problem of the movie too well i right. think he had extra oh. information because he wrote the story guys i don't think that's <laughs> mm-hmm. fair you think okay freddy is playing frank peretti <laughs> who's <Yeah>. moonlighting <laughs> as a doctor yeah.
0: right. he could moonlight worse so i don't know it's okay it's <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like but he uh yeah it's really bizarre and i mentioned this previously uh before the recording but he acts very much like stephen king acts in creep show He's very lunk-headed, nunk-headed, and it it doesn't quite work for the movie because you're really desperate to be be scary. You want the movie to be scary, and it's just not.
1: Oh, I had a complete opposite reaction where he's so – like, his performance does not match anything else in the movie so much that I just immediately pay attention every time he's on screen because he's acting – his acting is very, very bad. But it's like the only interesting distinct thing happening because it's a
0: character like it itself (laughs) is a character. But like, yeah, I was just so like frustrated that the movie wasn't scary that then not that I was (laughs) expecting it to be. But like, I want something right. I want a pulse. I want some blood. And it just doesn't have anything. And this was just like the worst. Um, But he ends up solving the thing that basically like this is spider venom, but it's like combination spider venom um unfortunately i forgot to mention earlier so you you listener could have figured out the plot line just then and there but basically light and Meister's character is introduced when when running into norman a second time he talks about having all these animals that i guess he just keeps at the school uh, but he collects from going on mission trips.
2: again would never happen at a school
1: you don't have like a weird secret zoo at your school
2: right first of all having animals at a school no, probably yeah. <laughs> licensing
0: needed for stuff like that, right?
2: I mean, I've I've heard of like teachers having like a like a classroom pet. I haven't heard of that happening here in Philadelphia. I mean, maybe like it is. I don't know, <laughs> or like at a high school, but to have like a whole like a zoo basically a zoo. of these different like reptiles and spiders. I'm just like, I have never heard of that. Fatal least. spiders and <laughs> dangerous and snakes. And poisonous too. I'm just like,
0: no. And, and so all that says when this scene happens, it clicks in your head and you go, it's Norman. He's been the one doing it. I can't right. believe it was Norman Bates the whole time. And he very much actually acts kind of like a Norman Bates character. Um, but he, uh, light and mysteries character donning an, like the suit from alien to explore some... of all, where'd
2: she get the suit that I don't know the uh, the
1: perks <laughs> of working for project Veritas
0: I guess. <laughs> she ends like... up going through the vents and it's as we're learning that spiders are the actual paranormal influence of the movie of which they're not paranormal at all um more deep lore for Melvin I think spiders are the least interesting villains uh especially when it comes to like uh fantasy video games or anything anytime there's spiders it's boring to me So just, it's not scary for me. I'm not, I don't have arachnophobia. I think spiders are kind of cute and interesting, even in one of the special features with the spiders. uh, Melanie, you might recall, but Light and Meester is holding a spider and is like, my first reaction is to be scared. But then it's, oh, I want to cuddle and go nap with it. It's cute. So like spiders are not scary. It's only scary to like 12 people. And this movie had a $2 million budget and only made 128,000 in theaters. So you really were chancing that you were getting, Maybe a quarter of those people were scared of spiders. Anyways, it's spiders, and now spiders are starting to be everywhere. She has to run away from spiders in a ventilation shaft and ends up going to like the ceiling and in the or no, it's not the ceiling. She's like in like the forbidden realm. I don't know what is it the forbidden, <laughs> the forbidden, the forbidden wing,
3: <laughs> the shadow realm. <laughs> <She,
0: yeah. laughs> now that's a cool movie. Where did I wish that All happened? Right. That would been awesome. No, she ends up running into the uh, Norman character who now has spiders and is like, I'm now going to kill you because you found out my plan, which is like finally some threat, something could happen. Right. Some reason for her to scream. And okay, not
1: too late in the movie, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, not too late. It's the last right at the minutes, end, <laughs> Which this movie isn't. <laughs> It is an hour and 45 minutes. Why is it so I could not believe this was an hour and
1: 45 minutes. Way too it's long. It's just
0: nothing happens in the movie. <laughs> it's just
1: It's us. what makes some of the other like weird scenes even more frustrating because it's like, like, you don't need to pad the movie with a, a quick aside about prayer in school. Like your movie already, like this movie could have been edited down to a 42 minute episode of like X-Files, basically. Like yeah. it has enough material for, again, a television show where you just every week they're at a different location and they're dealing with a different problem because there Yo, is not enough character do entry. you think this is
0: picked up for pure flicks they're gonna make a veritas project show
1: honestly like you're joking but that would be a much better fit for this material it would be. like
0: it would be a better
1: fit there's not like you this has about as much mystery as like scooby-doo essentially like yes people are getting sick you think it's a ghost it's not it's spiders which okay not the most sc- scintillating plot in the world But like that might play better in 42 minutes, you know, but yeah, it was uh, hour 45. So, so Norman's getting all stabby,
0: stabby and, uh, (laughs) Lightmeister's character falls down the shaft and ends up in the witch's lab. And then when she looks up, there's spiders everywhere. She's got her suit on, but it's still scary. Norman ends up coming downstairs again and finds her and cuts a hole in the suit so the spiders can get in. And then he ceremoniously takes one of the spiders (laughs) and has it bite his chest and he falls over and you're like, finally, the first death in the movie. <laughs> nope, it's not. wait, <laughs> right, Well, yeah. And then I was going
2: to say you forgot the gym teacher, the gym
0: teacher who, yeah, he's kind of an antagonist. He lets some kids get bullied. And Deva Keith is like, hey, man not cool and so then he yeah. bullies the
1: gym teacher so i guess that right. works out. this plot did not even register in my brain it's so, so such a small bit of the movie
0: it's just right? vanished you have no memory of it uh if you ever want to forget some trauma you just have to re-watch hangman's curse and then try and meditate on the trauma and over time hangman's curse will reach into your brain and pull it out yeah
1: it's i think this is what happens in the eternal sunshine of spotless mind i can't <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: the device on their head it's
1: just a it's dvd just copy screen. of hangman's it's curse just, it's
0: a vr <laughs> headset that screeds no. the <laughs> curse. Uh, so um, so yeah, um uh the movie kind of ends. Uh they end up breaking down the wall to the witches <laughs> thing, they find light and Meister. the kids there, they show a scene, they play like amazing grace over light and no, as they It cry. was um, uh. it
2: was praise God to whom it's all doxology. blessings. Yes, it's doxology. yes praise you're right. God to whom all blessings fall. Oh like that whole like thing, and I thought that was really weird.
0: Yes, because yeah. the movie really isn't that Christian. And then, like, she's praying when she thinks she's going to die and starts singing yeah. a song.
1: She says Psalm 23. where yes. uh, she, says, she says, like, very. If you told me that this movie was made Christian via, like, um, ADR afterward, I would believe, I could believe it. Because some yes. of the, like the, the Christian-y elements are so tacked on and sudden. Like, it's not really, yeah. like, laced yes. into the yes. plot or th- themes of the movie at all. Like, there's, again, the after-school special aspect is this is mostly about. Bullying, being an outcast, and suicide—like that's with a main thrust. Which that's not bad. Like if you had a a series that again is at its root, it's Christian, but week to week they tackle basic problems that teenagers like run into. That's perfectly fine. There's lots of other things like that. But yes. this movie, they seem to want to like kind of like via crowbar add Christian elements that don't really change the movie at all. Like that the movie isn't movie isn't transformed in any way by its inclusion of Christian elements it's it's odd and i expected and like i it's one. it falls in that gray area where i i want you to either just be a christian thing where christianity and faith are a part of the story and are actually play a part in the resolution of anything because the fact that these characters are christians is incidental to whether or not the problem is solved uh, or yeah. it's so subtle and, or thematic that it doesn't distract from what's happening. And this kind of unfortunately falls into kind of a weird middle ground.
0: Which is interesting when we live in a post-Conjuring world where like the con- part of what people also love aesthetically about the Conjuring movies, even as non christian is Catholic. the fact that they're very Catholic. <laughs> and like they specifically get the Catholic stuff that's also like Protestant, so it's fine. But like they... It's like, that's part of what makes them really interesting. And then, yeah, by not doing that in the movie, it doesn't really work. Did you know Cinematic Doctrine has a blog? Visit cinematicdoctrine.com to read extended thoughts on movies or movie industry news from our contributors. Plus, you can find our podcast on there, too. But yeah, it turns out everybody's fine. They really it's not that they really pull your chain about it, but they have that scene and then they cut to like a picnic. So immediately you go, okay, it's a good scene. It's a happy scene. So obviously she's safe, but they really wait right. a while to show it's that she's just in a funeral. cast. Yeah. Yeah. Like right. they didn't do like a scene where like they're at home and maybe like the music, there's no music and it's kind of rainy out. So like all the aesthetics tell you it's something yeah. dreary. or a
1: hospital, right? Where they're waiting to find out what happens and she just gets wheeled out and wheelchair. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. They just, are at a picnic and everyone's cool and like uh, the goth kids are not wearing goth clothing anymore which actually
2: upset me that upset me as well which
1: means that they love Jesus now
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was upset because it was just like they first of all they weren't the villains of the story I mean yes yes, they were like sad and they just wanted relief from all the bullying and yes they put their you know they put their hopes in a a ghost which is (laughs) Very disturbed. (laughs) But they weren't the ones who were actually doing it. So to say that them being goth was like their problem and then not being goth, oh, that means that they're normal again. Just kind of makes it seem like there was, you know, I I don't know. I kind of just liked that that was who they were and I didn't feel like they had to change. Like they didn't need that character arc because that was, I just felt like that kind of disappointing. You're totally right. Yeah,
1: it's very old school, like Christian media-y where it's um everyone has it's like it's like they're wearing jerseys like they're wearing the the team colors for the bad guys and the visual signifier is now that they dress quote-unquote more appropriately yeah
0: it's clearance old navy yeah (laughs) it's it's, it's the (laughs)
3: whole the whole
1: thing with the goths movie and i was waiting for this point to talk about it is like it's definitely especially again in ag pentecostal circles um where like i've i've been told that like people shouldn't even wear darker colors like in general like you don't wear black nail uh uh, paint you don't like dress in black at all like even if it's not goth just black clothing because it like looks too dark you know um it's very old school AG in that way which like the goth characters are handled so strangely here where like they they're like they're kind of bad in that they actively want other kids to die but the movie also very clearly paints them as Sympathetic, sympathetic where yes. they're right. being seduced by some sort of other evil i guess you know because and when you're a teenager you make bad decisions and they can be reformed right. but their reformation is all off screen like you don't get scenes where yeah. they go you know what probably should have tried to kill the whole football team they just it's douglas right. Douglas smith <laughs> kind of makes fun of him.
3: It's just like, like their clothes yeah. are different
1: yeah. yeah that's all you get after um
0: the elder goth is taken down from the noose. Uh Douglas Smith's character kind of goes like, Now do you see your spirits not real? Or or something. He says something like kind of not nice to him after like yeah. just trying to kill himself. It's just the total antithetical opposite of it's what
1: f- they're fumbling the ball to use uh more football terminology. <laughs> like I can see Wait, kind I've of-
0: never heard that
1: one before. <laughs> could you
0: explain it to me?
1: <laughs> Were there balls in football? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's I can see the kernel of what they're trying to do but they're a they're being so again vague about it they're just using the word spirit like right like they don't even yeah. explain like there isn't a scene earlier where like the Goth kid and him talk about faith or what they believe in or anything which would it, be interesting which would be interesting yeah, it also would definitely. set up that scene so it makes sense Instead, that yes. he's weirdly trying to like argue with him while he's in a very bad place yeah, and it's which is super natural. not appropriate it's like it's the complete ant- antithesis to that scene in um the video game life is strange either of you play that game No, I haven't.
2: No, I've Uh, never played
1: it. I'm a big fan of Life is Strange. There's a scene in the game. It's one of the most intense, like, because it's kind of like a telltale type game where you have to make decisions. There's a dialogue tree where you have to talk a character out of committing suicide. And the character is a Christian. So if you do your due diligence and explore her room and, like, you find, like, Bible verses that mean a lot to her, you can, like, talk to her and mention things from the Bible and talk about, like, how God loves you and stuff like that. And it plays so much better because you get the sense the character's using like their faith as a way to connect with somebody and help them see like a better way versus here where he's using the fact that he's at a dark place as a way to to like, told you you're wrong. (laughs) Like Like, you you fool.
3: (laughs) <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh it's, it's, it's,
1: it's very really weird bad. and then it's bad apparently it worked though because now he's dressing in like a nice shirt and he's not wearing hair dye or whatever it's
3: yeah and then
1: the girl is like dating the football player now i guess because they're holding hands yeah. and in the one good setup and callback in the entire movie there was an earlier scene where the parents talked about how when she first brought home uh battling jack murdoch to his to her parents um, he wasn't really familiar with the whole Jesus stuff and he didn't know what to do when he said grace. And the same thing happens with um gossip girls uh boyfriend here, um, which they kind of ruined right. by pointing it out. He's like, just like right. you, and I was like, Oh, you had an actual nice thing for <laughs> once, so why did you have to point it out? Um and then he awkwardly thanks God for how sexy his girlfriend is, and they try to lampshade it to make it less awkward, but it's still weird. Like, even if you don't know about oh, Christianity, it's not good to just be like, Hey, your yes. daughter's hot <laughs> like in front of dad. right like
2: it's just like so awkward.
0: <laughs> it's it's the kind of movie that's made with the sensibility where they think they got the PG thirteen because he says the
1: word sexy and not because they have several images of teenagers <laughs> <laughs> so
0: like, hanging themselves. themselves. So like And I don't know, presumably I so. they get
1: on their van and never see people again, because product veritas means you have to travel. So I don't know what their relationship is gonna be like. But Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But that's a story for another day.
0: Yeah, that's the end of yes. that's the end of the movie, I guess. Um, before we 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 are seriously copying Flophouse right now. But like, before we cut into, I guess the the tiny bit of reviews we found. Um, and then I want to just cover the Devo. How do we feel about this movie on a grand scale? Apart from just like boring, like I. I want to hear what oh, you so think, boring. Melanie, first, and then
1: I guess
3: I'll
1: go next. It overrides any other emotions, but please continue.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I it was everything I expected it to be. So I wasn't like mm-hmm. there wasn't like this expectation that it was gonna be this great movie. Um I was just I was more curious to see what Christian elements would be in the film knowing that it was a Christian author knowing that there I was just waiting to see it because in my mind I couldn't visualize a Christian horror film Mm -hmm. period it was just very foreign to me I didn't think I would be, like, excited about anything, but I was very disappointed just that there was nothing. Like you said, um, like Dan said earlier, like, it was really just thrown in, like, sprinkled in, but had nothing to do with the story. And I feel like it was definitely a missed opportunity, because even if the movie had been cheesy or, you know, corny, but still, you know, the God and the gospel and just something was just explained, like, very clearly and very plainly, I would still... Like, I've appreciated that Mm -hmm. to to a certain degree. I know that you guys found it boring. I had a great time. (laughs) (laughs) But if I'm going to be honest... That's good. I described it as delightfully awful just because I thought it was just so... It was so bad, but I had so many moments where I got to laugh that i had a good time will i ever see it again no
1: but (laughs) i would lose (laughs) it if you're (laughs) like i'm getting the family together to watch it. i'm gonna
2: show all my friends our next movie night no i would never recommend this movie to anyone but most especially because i just wanted there to be like one redeeming quality as and that's why i was kind of hoping there'd be like a strong christian theme Mm. um but the only thing that I would say is just that I had a good laugh. There are a lot of good laughs for me. Yeah, I
0: I definitely had some good laughs too. I I, I did not like this. Pretty much at all. I was actually kind of <laughs> dreading watching it because I've just been on such a good streak of watching other movies, and then just, to just be like, "All right, well, I just got done my last shift before a, a week off, but I still got to do this in time for the uh, episode." So I guess I got to watch Hangman's Curse tonight, and it was just like it was just so dreadful. I was glad to have like a laugh like immediately with the goths on the bench and to find that we <laughs> it all starts connect. very strong. Yes, <laughs> like that was great. very high. Notes. That was very appreciated. Um, but it was just so like just just bland and stale and like but i'm watching a (laughs) horror movie i want to be scared or suspense or thrill or awe and and so to just watch this and like not get anything fun um i'm even going through like old best of the worst from red letter media and like it's just fun to watch them like watch a bad movie, but then there's a good kill. So there's cool practical effects. And so they're like, yeah, this is fun. Like, yeah, but it's like the rest of the movie sucks, but at least there was this and this. And like, I can't even say that about this. We're like, okay, I get the memory of like the kind of the first horror quote unquote movie I've ever seen. And then like, and then I saw Jaws. It was like, whoa, (laughs) but like, Mm. um, but like, and and to like have a jump scare that gets me apart from like a youtube video of a chair and then like a spooky exorcist face shows up that's kind of interesting but like that doesn't matter because the movie doesn't matter because the movie's not very good has nothing yeah. to say it's so boring yeah. to watch there's nothing interesting and even the spider stuff at some point just they keep showing spiders just doing nothing and it's just not interesting Yeah, this was well, they didn't
2: want anyone to step on them. I know, yeah, Mm. I was stressed about that too.
0: Um, I like so, (laughs) I yeah, it's just sad if like an animal dies because of a bad movie, let alone a good movie. So it's just like, ah, it's just bad. So, not which, by the way, I don't think any spiders died. To the listeners. No, yeah. that fine. handler yeah.
2: looked, like, pretty intense. He was like, you gotta be careful. Yes. And yes. I, for the record, I did want to say that the, the spiders were the scariest thing, because I am one of those people where, like, spiders one out of three. absolutely yeah. terrify me. <laughs> it worked. Like, it, like... I get itchy and then when they do like the close-ups, it's the legs and then the hairiness of the spiders that just like really freaks me out. So is that why you
0: watch the spider handling extra? So you're like, I need to actually be scared. Well, I watched (laughs) it
2: because I thought we might like talk about it and I wanted to at least say like I watched it. But I was not comfortable.
0: You get film cred <laughs> just for that.
2: Yeah, it's just it's awesome. just awesome.
0: Even yeah, because even my wife was like, they're they're building up that they're hybrid spiders that are more dangerous. And then she goes, Oh, it's just tarantulas. <laughs> that doesn't yeah. <laughs>
2: right. Like, okay. Just different sizes, different kinds. You are
1: hoping for a big spider, like an it?
2: Yeah, like it, yeah. <laughs> well, they did have the big one, the one that he put on his chest. Yeah, that yeah. was a cool
0: spider. I like the the color on it. God god do be making good creatures or he to become like
1: a spider human hybrid like in the fly you know yes
3: Ooh, that would be, cool. that'd,
1: be but- that'd be a huge turn like a massive turn in tone for the movie <laughs> that's
2: yes. that's why you watch but it would have been movie. amazing it would, it would, i would it, have loved that to happen
1: me, me too because it ele- it would elevate it into a level of like cult classic where like you gotta watch a yes, yes. christian horror movie
0: Look,
2: exactly
1: <laughs> the last five minutes
2: goes so hard <laughs> makes it all worth it <laughs>
0: yeah that would be dope but how do you feel dan
1: my feelings like we didn't really talk about this much because there's so much stuff to talk about for whatever reason uh but like visually and like production wise this feels like a lower budget like tv show like it i felt like i was watching like an episode of like buffy the vampire slayer without any of the production values like it to evoke the best of the worst thing it reminds me of when they're watching a movie and it's just they show them just sitting there waiting for something to happen because characters are just walking through the endless hallways yes. uh because of budget restrictions. And that's what this is. Like there's there's so many, like there's so much blandness on screen where the audio is kind of off. Sometimes characters are talking and it sounds too echoey because they're not i don't know if it's they how they're mic'd but they're just in these big empty rooms without anything in them there were scenes where it was just quieter than the other
0: scenes and i like grab my remote and i'm already at 90 out of 100 i'm like (laughs) what do you want me to do movie i can't (laughs) i can't can't do
1: anymore that's that's budget stuff like i i get that they're not working they're two million dollars is not a lot of money for like what's supposed to be a full like 100 minute movie Uh, But and all that can be made up with if the movie had a strong point of view or the characters were good or there's some sort of charm but there's so little happening on screen there's no there's no like cake under the frosting in terms of the whole like Christian family youth group watch thing because there's like the message here is so boilerplate which is bullying is bad don't kill yourself like that's all they got for messages don't let mess with spiders I guess could also be something but um, there's and it just there's so little to 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 even engage with that I had I have never had so much trouble paying attention to a movie you've watched for this show and we've watched all kinds of movies we've watched yes. everything we've watched other Christian films we watched Morbius that came uh, out this
3: year oh my gosh <laughs>
1: and there's yeah oh no. and this was the thing that was so boring it was so uneventful <laughs> it's so. It was just like eating, like playing crackers over and over again, and occasionally (laughs) someone will throw water in my face because something weird will happen, (laughs) and I'll be like, "Whoa!" and it it gets my attention. I'm not happy about it, but I'm now paying attention. And then we just and the best part of it was just this conversation afterwards where we all got to laugh at it together. So unless you're doing a movie podcast, I don't recommend watching this film. No, yes. not at all. And, and I, don't
0: start a movie podcast just so you can <laughs> watch this movie. It's it's a
1: very crowded field too. I don't think <laughs> it's fair hard to stand out. It's not worth it. <laughs> and I'm and keep in mind, I'm saying all this as both a devout Christian and somebody who likes Frank Peretti. So, and I it, it's a bad sign when the the actor getting an elongated cameo who does not act is the highlight of the movie for me. So.
0: Hey again. This episode is part one of two, as the original recording length came in at a whopping 3.5 hours. Search for part two in your podcast app. Uh, Assuming it's out already. Thanks so much for checking out this episode of Cinematic Doctrine. If you enjoyed this episode, consider leaving a review and subscribing to the podcast. And as mentioned before, Cinematic Doctrine has a Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you're opted into a once-a-month movie poll where you decide a movie we discuss on the podcast. There are other unique benefits that come with supporting the podcast, so be sure to check that out at patreon.com forward slash doctrine. A special shout-out to those who support at the Art House Theater tier on Patreon. Thank you so much, Mom, Dad, Melanie, Shirlian, and Thomas. You guys are the best, and your continued monetary support is greatly appreciated. Until next time, stay cool. Want some Cinematic Doctrine swag? You're in luck! We've got 3-inch Cinematic Doctrine logo stickers exclusive for Patreon supporters. Perfect for your travel mug or laptop. Head over to patreon.com forward slash cinematicdoctrine, link in the show notes, and choose the independent theater tier. Doing so will net you other perks too. But let's be real, the podcast stickers are the coolest perk. So get yourself some podcast stickers by supporting on Patreon.